This is episode 199 of This Week in Marketing, which means next episode is going to be 200, episode 200. Today, I'm going over the notable news and updates in the digital marketing space from the week of February 12 to 16, 2024. First up, uh, Google has shared an update on how to remove images from Google search index. And now there are two different ways to remove it. One is the emergency situation. The other one is a non-emergency situation. For emergency situations, obviously, there is an image removal tool that will... This is when you need, obviously, immediate actions required and there is no direct access to CDN or content management system hosting the image. Now, the link to that is in our show notes, of course. Now, it's also crucial to remember that, you know, you have to block or remove these images from your site to prevent them from reappearing after the removal request expires. Right. Uh, The next is... Other one, the regular indexes obviously do it from using updating a robots.txt file, you're setting up the header, and then you can also use the no image index, robots tag, things like that. Okay, uh, hope this helps. Let's move on to the next update. The next update is Google updating the use of uh, doc- updating the documentation on how to use the canonical. Uh, link are uh, rel equals to canonical uh, link annotations. So what is canonical? Canonical basically plays this uh, foundational role in SEO by helping prevent duplicate content issues. They signal to search engines which version of a page is preferred when a similar content appears under multiple URLs. Uh, proper use of these tags ensures that the right page gets indexed and ranked leading to improved website visibility and user experience. So one example is say and this is actually a great example. Our This Week in Marketing show, which is also known as Twim Show, it gets published on uh, on our website as well as Transistor. Right? Transist- the show notes goes in two different places. Now, for canonical use, for indexing purpose, the content on our website is the one we want to get indexed because we want to be found there. Uh, and obviously we have the transistor that just like we don't want it indexed. And why it's like that way, and it's a very good reason is if we publish it through the show notes through uh, transistor, which is where this uh, show is hosted on the audio portion, what this helps us with is that you know once it's published, it gets pulled right directly into all the other platform, podcast platforms, Spotify, Apple, Google, Amazon, as well as the show notes gets published on our website. So it's one published does it all. If we hadn't done that, if I had just done that, like you know, uh, publish the audio and then go to our website, publish it's just two different, too many steps. So that's just some of the information on how I am actually publishing it once and going in different places and using canonical to kind of um, you know help us choose, uh, help us signal canonical using canonical to signal to the search engine which one we want to uh, consider as the primary version. Okay. The other thing you want to know about is that uh, there is also Google recommends the using of the real equals to alternate, uh, in, where you know where there are alternate versions of a page, for example, in another language or for a different media type. So I could actually use real equals to alternate in Transistor. However, you know I'm not sure if that's doable or not, just because. Uh, if a transistor gives me that uh, ability or not. So for now, I haven't messed around with it, but if you have the option, please go ahead and use that. 
Next up, there is this new video series from Google uh, on how search works. Their goal is to demystify the complexity of Google search. This is headed by Google engineer or Google search engineer uh, Gary Elias. He's someone who we have referenced a lot in the past, and his initiative promises to offer a behind-the-scene look into the operational intricacies of the world's leading search engine. The series is designed to cater a broad audience, including business owners, marketers, even the general public, with the ultimate goal of boosting website visibility in search results. Uh, in the first episode, uh, he lays out the groundwork f- uh, with subsequent, and he promises that in subsequent installments or subsequent episodes or videos, he's going to dive into practical strategies for improving your website search engine ranking, which might mean that we don't have to use the publish the SEO related content in the uh, Twim show. We'll see how that uh, hap- comes out. Uh, let's see. Oh, so the in his first initial episode, he stresses two pivotal insights. First, Google staunchly denies accepting payments for improved crawling frequency or search ranking positions. Uh, I don't even know who would come up with that conspiracy theory, but some people do. Uh, and he says, if anyone tells you otherwise, they're wrong, dismissing any misconceptions about pay for play in search rankings. Secondly, he says the quality of a website's content is underscored as the cornerstone for securing a favorable spot in search results. The definition of quality content as per Google standard will be explored in future episodes, offering viewers a roadmap to achieve a better visibility. With that having said, of course, the link to that video series is in our show notes. And if you don't want to watch those videos, you know what? Stay tuned to our Twim show and we will bring you updates as he releases them. Now, Google has given some explanation on as to why your ranking may decline after a you know, algorithm update. Uh, and this was given by Danny Sullivan, who is also a search liaison expert. And some of it, uh, you know, could be helpful to you. So his first advice centers on leveraging Google Search Console to dissect and understand the factors contributing to a site's performance dip. He outlines a five-step process aimed at identifying where and why these declines might occur. This method starts with comparing the site's metrics over recent months against a previous period, focusing on queries reports sorted by click change. This analytical approach helps pinpoint significant decreases in click, providing a clear picture of the site's current standing in search rankings. If you're still ranking in the top results, there's probably nothing fundamental if you have to correct, indicating that these fluctuations can be often attributed to Google's algorithmic changes rather than a decline in content quality or SEO efforts. Uh, Sullivan also emphasizes that Google's algorithms are designed to evolve, constantly refining how content is tracked and presented to users based on relevance and utility. So, for you all listening, this conversation uh, discussion underscores the importance of regular performance reviews using tools like Google Search Console. So even if you haven't seen a dip, you should obviously have someone in your team who is doing this. It's crucial to recognize that high search rankings are not static achievements, but ongoing efforts that align with Google's ever-changing criteria. Folks, it's like you don't go get a six-pack or a bodybuilder's body and stop working out, right? If you do that, what's going to happen? You're going to go back to what you were before. Um, same way with SEO, same with everything in life. 
Okay, Sullivan's parting message offers both assurance and that's about it. Okay, next up, uh, how to fix 404 errors. So this is something that was brought up to John Miller through a Reddit discussion. And basically what he's saying, look, there are two types of 404. Uh, one is obviously 404, the other one is 410. Uh, well, both indicate the page is not found. Four test status. Four ten status is used when the absence is permanent. Google treats this response similarly, uh, and a four ten pro prompt may basically, or four ten error basically will prompt Google to r remove this link from the index very quickly. Uh, that's the main difference. Uh, uh, external links leading to 404 errors pose another dilemma. Mueller suggests that correcting external links pointing to non-existing pages on your site may not always be worth the effort, especially if it doesn't significant if it doesn't significantly impact traffic. Instead, focus should be on whether these broken links are causing visitors to get lost, indicating a valuable opportunity to fix them, primarily through 301 redirects to the correct URL. Uh, for you all listening, the key takeaway is to prioritize 404 errors that affect user experience and your site's performance. Not all 404 errors are detrimental, but understanding when and how to address them can significantly enhance your site's usability and SEO. Obviously, regular monitoring through tools like Google Search Console can help identify critical errors, track fixes, ensuring your site remains navy. Take it remains, you know, user-friendly and optimally indexed by search engines. And of course, other than Google Search uh, Console tool, you should also be using URL checker to make sure there are no broken links on your site. Next up, uh, how long does it take to recover from Google helpful content update? Right. Uh, this was a discussion that I believe happened on Twitter. That's correct. Between Danny Sullivan and someone else. Uh, I just forgot the name of that person. And he's saying, you know, hey, it's going to take if, um, you know, it takes a while for you to recover. Uh, and basically, Danny Sullivan, D Danny Sullivan is saying that's not true. And how long it takes, it varies. Well, well you're going to say that doesn't make any sense. Well, it does. Here it is. So. The, what Danny is saying, the helpful content classifier is always active evaluating both new and existing sites to ensure that content remains helpful over time. Contrary to some misconceptions, recovery from a hit by this update does not have a set time frame. Sullivan clarified that he never specified reco uh, recovery could occur within two weeks of making changes, stressing that such a precise timeline would be inconsistent with Google's guidelines. The process is designed to recognize sustained improvements in content quality over months, not days. The automated classifier driven by machine language, machine learning, why am I saying machine language, operates globally across all languages. It is just one of many signals Google uses to rank content, meaning sites identified with unhelpful con content could still rank well for certain queries if other signals support the content relevance and utility. This nuanced approach allows for a degree of flexibility in how content is evaluated and ranked. So for you all listening or business owners, the message is clear. Short-term fix is not enough to reverse the impact of, uh, of the helpful content update. Google requires demonstrable sustained efforts to prioritize user-focused content. This commitment to quality should be seen as an ongoing process rather than a one-off task to recover from a penalty. So like I said, uh, 
it's going to take time. It's an ongoing process. So now, you know, Google, you, it's not going to happen that you're going to fix all your content and you're going to publish one more blog and, ooh, I'm back on top one, baby. No, that's not going to happen. It's going to take some time. So the best thing is you don't want to be get hit by helpful content update if you are relying on uh, traffic from SEO. Okay, the other thing is you want to understand is uh, Danny Sullivan is saying in the next update is understanding traffic fluctuations and content quality. Uh, so S Sullivan points out that in many cases, websites experiencing a downturn in traffic are not necessarily suffering from unhelpful content. Instead, these sites may find themselves outperformed by competitors who have seen a recent uplift in their rankings. This competitive shift can result in a relative decrease in visibility for your site, even though your content remains top-notch and your site continues to rank well for key queries. Sullivan highlights, there is no fundamental content issues. It's more than other things might have moved up even slightly, suggesting that fluctuations in search rankings can often be attributed to the evolving landscape of online content and SEO strategies rather than a direct penalization by Google helpful content update. So this is something uh, underscoring the importance of maintaining a holistic view of SEO and website performance. While it's vital to ensure your content is helpful, relevant, and user-centric, it's equally important to recognize that SEO is a competitive arena. Changes in ranking may not always signal a problem with your content, but could instead reflect the dynamic nature of your search algorithms and the competitive push, competitive push from other sites. So hope this was helpful, which is just because you're ranking slow, you're not showing up in number one or number two or number three or the first page does not necessarily mean that you have unhelpful content. You need to actually take a look at it, analyze and diagnose. Is this really our content? Does anyone have better content? Maybe you have good content. Maybe you need to have better content. Hope this was helpful. Next up, Google stands on EEAT. EEAT has been covered in our show quite a bit. It stands for expertise, authoritativeness, trustworthiness, and the first E being the experience. Google added this experience part, I believe last year, maybe the year before that, but it added sometime before it used to be just EAT. Google's again search liaison, uh, Danny Sullivan clarified uh, that EAT is not a direct ranking factor, nor does it influence other ranking factors in a measurable way. Uh, it seems like this is something I believe we covered last week or a variation of it covered it last week. It does not go away. People keep on thinking EAT means you're going to rank higher. No, it's just going to give uh, brownie points to people, to you for your site being uh, user-friendly. Okay. Uh, now, to think about it, when a site is user-friendly, obviously, Google will be able to, in my opinion, again, obviously, it's an opinion, so take it as you may. Google is going to be able to index your site better. It's just going to work in other ways, right? Uh, even though Danny Sullivan does not... Um, clarified but you know one of the things i think google tracks is when someone clicks over to your site how long do they say, stay on your site and google used that as a signal to say you know this was a good content versus a bad content because i believe we covered this in one of the older shows but even if it did not uh, it's just my understanding of how google checks or else how will google know that hey we are suggesting this content how many people are actually clicking and staying versus clicking back or navigating away 
So, and you don't want to be on a site where, or you don't want to have a site where you people come in and they're flooded with ads, things shifting, and it's just like a bad thing. So while it's not a direct ranking factor, but it is going to send a signal, EEAT is going to send a signal that you have something, there's something wrong with your content, or maybe you have the good content, but it's just other things that are not right. My two cents. Next up is misconceptions on disavowing links. This is something also that doesn't go away. Everybody tells, hey, SEO Rush says, or uh, this was actually from Google's John Mueller, and he's just basically saying uh, to the query from someone, the significant loss of organic traffic over six months attributed to a high number of toxic backlinks. Uh, this situation obviously led to a debate on whether disavowing these links could restore lost rankings. John Mueller provides clarity, emphasizing a stance Google has maintained for years. According to Mueller, pursuing the disavowal of links based on reports from SEO tools like SEMrush or worrying about negative SEO attacks does not equate to recovery in site rankings. Google has long advised against the indiscriminate use of disavow tool, warning that it may do more harm than good. This advice stems from Google's capability to automatically discount harmful links, minimizing the need for manual disavow. Instead, Mueller suggests that focusing on enhancing site content user experience deserves more attention. He humorously remarked on the futility of competitors spending resources on negative SEO, highlighting the opportunity cost of not investing in their site's improvement. Uh, I hope you're listening. I hope you take a note and do not go out and believe everything that SEM, Rush, and other SEO tools are giving you. Next up, Google's, this is a Google Ads update where Google has updated their misrepresentation policy and they're saying unacceptable business practice includes advertisements that attempt to deceive users by impersonating or falsely implying an affiliation with or endorsement by well-known public figures, brands, or organization. The aim is to safeguard users from being misled into parting with their money or personal information under false pretense, pretenses. For advertisers operating outside the U, outside of France, which is us, the enforcement of these rule, new rules will commence in March. Okay? So I hope you're listening. Do not try to re- misrepresent anything. Your account is going to get banned. Now, the last update of this week was that Meta, which is also known as Facebook or Facebook's parent company Meta, has extended an apology to advertisers following an ads delivery outage that caused significant overspending for many campaigns, some by thousands of dollars in a few minutes. The issue has since been resolved and Meta is now in the process of managing refund requests, which is expected to take between four to eight weeks to get your money back. Enjoy. Um, Now, to improve your chances of receiving a full refund, advertisers are advised to promptly report the incident to their Meta rep or support team. Uh, Barry Hot, a growth and performance marketing consultant, uh, has outlined a comprehensive guide for advertisers to follow to follow in order to file a complaint effectively. Well, while we do not have the link to Barry's ex- um, steps, I I do put I did put a link to that news article that is from CNBC. Click on that. From there, you can follow Barry's instructions. So, hope this was helpful. This is Sajid signing off until next week, folks. Take care. Bye-bye.